0: Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, December 12th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcasts. So go and follow the show right now, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you definitely got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, because every episode moving forward, folks, it's going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so already, please please, please do me a huge favor. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Again, it's 100% for free. It only takes two seconds to click that button and it really does help me out tremendously. Also, be sure to go and smash the like button below on this video. And last, go and ring the bell. Go and turn on those push notifications and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, enough of that. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all again for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your week. To kick things off this morning, folks, let's dive right into the loan game from the Chicago Blackhawks over the weekend, which came back on Friday night against the Winnipeg Jets at the United Center. And sadly, it was just kind of a more of the same as to what we saw during the end of that East Coast road trip against the New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils. Just not a whole lot of offensive action going on for the Blackhawks, although they did avoid getting shut out for the third consecutive game as uh, Taylor Radish potted his eighth goal of the season and fourth in the last seven games, which now has him tied for Jonathan Taves, tied with Jonathan Taves for second on the team in goals here so far this year. But other than that, yeah, not a whole lot of quality offensive looks for the Blackhawks. I also thought they were pretty passive with the pucks on their stick. Not a lot of shots on goal. And just all in all, not a whole lot of danger faced for Jets netminder David Rittich, who, by the way, did get the start in goal over Connor Hellebuck, As expected, with this being a back to back for the Jets. Pretty unfortunate that the Hawks couldn't capitalize and take advantage of a rare off night for the Jets' bell cow and goal. Uh, And they just, you know, Winnipeg just, for whatever reason, they seem to have the Blackhawks number, not only this season, but past few years. It just feels like the Blackhawks have never been able to find success against this bunch. And it now makes three losses for the Blackhawks in just over a month to this team. And they've been outscored. 14-3 14 to 3 in those three meetings. So, yeah, not any of them were <laughs> even all that close. And it honestly could have been even worse, Blackhawks fans, had it not been for the effort from uh, Arvid Soderblom and Nett. He stopped 29 of the 32 shots that he faced. And I, I think he just continues to get more and more comfortable, more and more confident in that. And as a result, just keeps churning out these. Solid performances despite the team in front of him, uh, quite frankly, playing pretty terrible. And I thought Seth Jones said it best in his post game presser. He said, You know, Soderbloom is working his ass off out there. We just got to find ways to be better in front of him. And I think on both sides of the spectrum, like defensively, the Blackhawks are still giving up more than they're generating and giving up more than I'm sure defensive minded head coach Luke Richardson would like Uh, in this game on Friday. The Blackhawks. Got outshot twenty-seven to seventeen at even strength. They got outchanced twenty-nine to seventeen, and the high danger chances were thirteen to three in favor of the Jets. The only reason that this game was close, folks, again, was because of Arvid Soderblom. Um, that that's been the case for the Blackhawks. It seems like more often than not, the past couple of weeks, like they're just getting regularly outchanced. they the team that's you know playing with the puck far less. Uh, And I really have to give some credit to Arvid Soderbloom here because I'm sure it hasn't been easy regularly getting peppered and getting literally no offensive support, but he keeps finding ways to uh, give the Blackhawks an opportunity at least late in the game. And again, this really could have been a a more lopsided loss. Uh, Three to one really doesn't paint the full picture of how badly the Blackhawks got outplayed by Winnipeg on Friday night. And I really do feel for Soderbloom. I was Taking a look at his numbers this morning, Blackhawks fans, he's now 2-8-2 on the season, even though he has a pretty respectable 3.18 goals against average and a 9.06 save percentage. And again, for only being 23 years old and for having this team in front of him, uh, I would say that's pretty darn impressive. And uh, I'm just really stoked about this kid. And I I was thinking about this too, and this has kind of been a conversation since Soderblom's been up in the NHL, and I think it's been answered. I, I don't think there's any debate that he's already the best netminder that the Blackhawks have right now. Like what we've seen from him the past couple of weeks, I take that over what we've seen from both you know Peter Mrazek and Alex Stalock, even though we haven't seen him uh, in well over a month now as he's still been battling his way back from that concussion. I'll actually have. A little bit of, of an update on Stalock's status here coming up in just a moment, but again, what we've seen from Souterbloom, I take that. I take that over Mrazic. I take that over Stalock, and I, I think that's pretty darn impressive for you know a kid in his second year over in North America and is a young twenty-three year old. Um, he just. Keeps having me, you know, keeps getting me more and more excited about his future. I really am pumped thinking about what he could develop into because, uh, again, and look, if the Blackhawks, if slash one, I will say, they ever get a reliable decor once again, I'm really stoked about what it could potentially be considering what we've already seen from 23-year-old netminder Arvid Soderblom so far in his young NHL career. All right, there are my main takeaways from the Blackhawks. 3-1 to loss to the Jets on Friday night as they've now dropped 17 of their last 20 games. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into all of the latest updates from Blackhawks practice at Fifth Third Arena this morning. But first, I need to talk to you all about Simply Safe. And the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their homes. And you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home, they protect you with the best cutting edge security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And here's why I personally love it. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window and door, HD security cameras for both inside and outside your home and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods and other serious threats. You can also go and customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com/lockdownnhl. And you can also save 20% on your Simply Safe home security system when you also sign up for an interactive monitoring plan. And you also get your first month totally for free. Simply Safe is hooking it up. All you have to do to go and take advantage of this deal is go and visit simplysafe.com/lockdownnhl to learn more right now. There's no safe like simply safe. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast segment two this afternoon. Let's talk about everything that went down at Blackhawks practice at Fifth Third Arena this morning. A pretty uh, eventful start to the week here, folks. As first goaltender Peter Mrazek was officially activated off of injured reserve, uh, which is Great to see for the entire organization in terms of their goaltender structure because it has just been a mess. I mean, Dylan Wells and Mitchell Weeks have been the one two punch down in Rockford with Soderblom and Stauber up in the NHL. Not even really sure who's playing goalie for the Indy Fuel at this point. Maybe they had to give up, give uh, our boy Scott Foster a quick ring. Uh, but with Morazic being back, that allows the Blackhawks to send Stauber back to Rockford and kind of returns this sense of normalcy at that position in the entire organization, which is great to see. Uh great to see that Morazic, you know, is fully back. He was a full participant at practice this morning. Uh we've heard in the past week, week and a half that he's been out that this wasn't going to be a long-term injury and he wasn't going to miss too much time. But considering, you know, how much of a battle it's been to stay healthy at that position, it's definitely nice to officially have him back now. And we just heard from Coach Luke Richardson actually say that uh Morazic will be the one getting the start tomorrow night in net against the Washington Capitals as Alex Ovechkin comes to town with goal number 800 on his mind, potentially, as he's been racking up the empty netters as of late. Um, But in addition to Mirazik returning off of injured reserve, the Blackhawks also saw Alex Stalock be a full participant at practice this morning. And I just talked about him earlier. He's still in his recovery back from that concussion. He suffered against the Islanders. And Tyler Johnson was also a full participant at practice this morning, folks. And he's been out for seemingly forever. And I actually just kind of realized this a few moments ago, Blackhawks fans, everything went to hell once Tyler Johnson got hurt. Because if you remember, Blackhawks were 4-2-0 to open up the season. The offense was looking good. Uh, They were getting some lucky bounces. Things were going their way. Tyler Johnson goes down after that sixth game, and it's all been sour ever since. So maybe he's the secret key to the Blackhawks' success. Um, But it's been such a battle for Tyler Johnson, in all seriousness, since he's been acquired by the Blackhawks. Missed so much time last year, obviously, after undergoing ADR disc replacement surgery, the second NHL athlete to ever undergo that surgery, after Jack Eichel, of course. Uh, And then the ankle's just been giving him problems all season long. It felt like he was going to be back a few weeks ago, but then there was a potential hiccup or something. We saw him back in a walking boot. Not really sure exactly what happened there, but uh, great to see that Tyler Johnson was back at practice, fully participating this morning. And Richardson said, if all goes well tomorrow at the morning skate, we could see Tyler Johnson return to the lineup. And real quick, I did want to be sure to mention uh, the forward lines and the defensive pairings that Richardson rolled with this morning, a little bit of an indicator of what we could see tomorrow against Washington. Uh, First, sadly, Andreas Athanasiou will not be suiting up for the Blackhawks tomorrow night as tragically there has been a death in his family. He will be at the funeral tomorrow. Andreas, we're all thinking about you and your family, man, as you go through these tough times. So sorry for your loss and really do hope to see you back on the ice here sometime soon, buddy. We're all thinking about you. But with Athens, you being out of the lineup, Blackhawks fans, Richardson elected this morning at practice to bump up the boy, Sam Lafferty, on the top line with Max Domi and Patrick Kane. It also seems like Richardson has gone back to the Domi and Kane combo and then Taves and Radish. Uh, But yeah, an interesting choice to see Sam Lafferty back up on the top line here after uh, just making his return to the lineup down on the fourth line. But this is kind of the Swiss army knife role that he can provide. And look, I love Sam Lafferty more than a lot of folks. I'm not going to go as far as to say, you know, that he can be a top six player. That's blasphemy. But I do still think he, he has enough game to be able to not hinder those guys' performances, not hold them back from what they're doing. And look, they can't really hold them back any worse than they're already being right now. Like this top line hasn't done much lately. Patrick Kane still only has four goals a season. It's been tough sledding for the entire Blackhawks offense, but I definitely think it's worth the shot putting the energizer bunny up there with Max Domi and Patrick Kane. Uh, we'll see if Richardson does stick with that trio when the time comes tomorrow night at the uh, tomorrow night for puck drop and for the warmups. ups. Uh, but definitely an interesting combination that we saw at practice here this morning. On the second line, we saw the uh, trio of Philip Kuryshev, Jonathan Taves, and Taylor Radish get reunited. That trio, I thought, um, you know, was looking really good a couple of weeks ago before things kind of got mixed up. So it'll be interesting to see if that's the trio that Richardson rolls with, or one thing to consider that's also where Tyler Johnson was rotating in and out of at practice this morning. So there's a lot that can kind of be mixed up before tomorrow's game in this top 6. Like could we see if Johnson is able to go, could we see him bumped up to the top line with Domi and Kane or do we see maybe Kershev get bumped up to the top line and we see Richardson go back to the trio of Johnson, Taves and Radish which looked really good to open up the season. There's a lot that can that still needs to be figured out inside that top 6 but uh we obviously, that's all um, be, will be determined based on whether or not Tyler Johnson is healthy enough to go. The third line was Jujar Arcara, Jason Dickinson, and Colin Blackwell, which they had a couple of strong games together, I thought. Um, once Taves wasn't able to play against New Jersey, things kind of got mixed up a little bit, but I've liked what I've seen from that trio so far and their time together. And same with the fourth line of Kachuk, Entwistle, and Reese Johnson. And look, I know. The final outcome, pucks in the back of the net, hasn't been there very consistently for this bottom six group, but in general, I've thought that the Blackhawks have really struggled just keeping the puck in the offensive zone and cycling and holding the puck down in that end rather than playing defense. I've thought the bottom six has at least moved the puck around well in the offensive zone. I get it, you know, the final product, we want that to be there, but at least the bottom six isn't spending their entire time on the ice playing defense they're at least making life a little bit difficult on their opponent which you know obviously you want the final result i just said that but at the end of the day they're working hard they're getting pucks in they're finding success offensively um i think you know for grinders that's important too it's just playing offensively making the defensemen work making the other grinders work a little bit harder whoever you're going up against Uh, don't make it easy for them is basically what I'm trying to say here. And I thought the Blackhawks bottom six, when it's been this group, uh, I thought they've done a good job of that. So interested to see how that's going to go against the Capitals tomorrow night. And then on defense, uh, we saw basically the same pairings that we've seen recently, Jack Johnson and Seth Jones, Jared Tenorti and Connor Murphy, and then uh, Jake McCabe and Ian Mitchell look like they'll be the third pairing once again with uh, Philip Ruse, and Caleb Jones potentially being the extras. Really curious to see what's going to happen with this Blackhawks defensive group, though, because um, they now have eight healthy defensemen with um, Jared Tenorti coming back. So feels like someone's probably going to have to get sent down at some point, especially with Johnson likely to get activated here soon. I really hope it's not Ian Mitchell is all I'm really going to say, because I, I still feel like even though, He's just returned from injury not that long ago. I I feel like sending him up and down and up and down, it's kind of doing him a disservice. Like, let him stay in one consistent spot. Let him try to prove himself as an NHLer. That's kind of the make-or-break name of his season. Like, it's time for him to prove that he can be an NHLer. And when, you know, you're playing him every two or three games, then sending him back to the AHL and never giving him a a consistent defensive partner, having him in and out of the lineup. I I just think that doesn't do him any favors. And look, the name of the game this year for the Blackhawks is it's not about winning games. It's all about figuring out what we're going to have in the future, trying to get more assets to help us build back better. And I I think not playing a guy like Ian Mitchell consistently, it's kind of going against the point of this season. Like, are we really going to play Jared Tenorti over Ian Mitchell? Are we really gonna play Caleb Jones over Ian Mitchell, Jack Johnson over Ian Mitchell. I just don't understand that. Whether he plays good, whether he plays bad, you gotta play him to figure out what he's gonna be. And uh I personally would like to see the Blackhawks keep him up in the AH in the NHL. I think it's time. This is the one one problem I have with it. I, I probably should do a better job of double checking on this. I think Philip Ruse is waiver exempt. He doesn't have to clear waivers to go to the NAHL. Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% positive. But if that's the case, if Philip Ruse is waiver exempt, I think you got to send him down to Rockford and have Tenorti or Jack Johnson be the seventh defenseman. Look, Jack Johnson and Seth Jones, it isn't working. I, re- I really believe Jack Johnson is holding Seth Jones back. He's been really poor this year. Even Jones hasn't been as good as he was last season. Someone who's a backer and believer of his game. I will even admit to that. I don't think Seth Jones has been very good this year. But I also think it doesn't help that he has, you know, a nearly 40-year-old defensive partner who, not to be rude, but probably is right there on the brink of being retired. Jack Johnson hasn't played 20 minutes a game in like 10 years. And this is the role he's being thrown into. And also, you know, Jones is regularly playing 25, 26, 27 minutes a game. And, you know, seeing uh, a lot of elite level opponents. I mean, you're going to play Seth Jones against the top liners more times than not. So it hasn't been an easy task for him. I will say that, but I have been a little disappointed by his play. I just think it's time to switch up these D pairings a little bit. Like we haven't seen success out of Jack Johnson and Seth Jones. I thought Tenordi and Murphy got off to a good start. They've kind of, I know Tanorgi's been out, but even when he was healthy prior to suffering the injury, his last few games, I thought they were trending the wrong way. I just think it's time to go back to get Jake McCabe, get Seth Jones. They're your best two defensemen. You got to play them together. I think maybe go with Connor Murphy and Jack Johnson. I don't know, but it's pretty clear and apparent at this point that these defensive pairings haven't done very well so far and uh, are probably giving up a lot more opportunities than a defensive minded coach and Luke Richardson would like them to be giving up. So I personally would like to see some changes made there on the back end. Uh, Not sure if they're going to come, but we'll see. It's something to consider here as the Blackhawks are moving forward into, uh, you know, not just the early portion of the season. We're getting into the main swing. I think it's time to go with some other looks personally. All right, folks. Coming up in just a minute, I still have to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. But first, I got to talk to you all about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all pro and college sports betting needs and info this season. You can find all of the latest developments, game scores, news, and podcasts on whatever game you want to place a wager on. BetOnline is also your continued sport source for all sports wagering information including live betting, eSports and game scores. And I personally love it because it's both the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events and they really have everything including the NHL, the NBA, college basketball, college football, the FIFA World Cup, UFC and MMA, boxing and even golf. It's unbelievable. They have everything that you could want to place a wage on. So head on over to the website today, or you can also use your mobile device to learn more now about all of the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, back here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, segment three. Before I wrap things up, of course, we still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, as you already know, where I answer a question. From a few lucky listeners right here live on the show. First question I wanted to answer today comes from Tanner Urkley on Instagram, who asked, what's your projected win total for the Blackhawks this year? With how they are playing right now, 25 even seems like a big ask. Thoughts? Yeah, the Blackhawks are now 7-15-4 through their first 26 games this season. Uh, Last year, they had 28 victories, four times what they have right now. It's a good question. I kind of took a a few moments to think about this. Um, I think twenty four to twenty five is is right in the ballpark. Honestly, Um, I think I think that's safe to say. Like we have what Blackhawks have played twenty six games. Time for me to do some quick math. That's what fifty six games to go. Yeah, fifty six games to go. Look at me on the fly. What math problems? How many games did the Blackhawks win out of those fifty six? Well. Do they win 16, 16, 32, 54? Can they win a third of their games? I don't know. That seems like kind of a big ask. It's a good question. I I think 24 to 25 is right there. I think they're going to win 17, 18 more games, 16, 17, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, I I don't think the offense is going to be as bad as it is now throughout the uh, entire first half. It definitely has the potential to be this bad after guys are you know likely to be traded come trade deadline time. But um, they've been close earlier on in the season. I think they can find getting back to that a little bit more once they get healthier. Like, listen, again, we're playing our third string that minder here. He's been playing incredible. Don't get me wrong, but Seth Jones has missed time. Uh, We've seen guys be out with injuries. Not that, you know, this full Blackhawks roster is all that deep and it's going to make a world of a difference. But I do think they can win a few more games than we've seen, certainly in their last 20. Uh, They've only won three times in their last 20 games. So, yeah, I'd probably go somewhere around 24 to 25. And if that winds up being the case, that's probably going to have them – right there for the best odds to win the NHL draft lottery. I didn't think the Blackhawks were going to be the worst team in the NHL, but what we're seeing here as of late, they definitely are in consideration to to do that. Uh, The second question I wanted to answer today comes from Landon McClellan on Twitter who asked, Hey Jack, if the Blackhawks win the first overall pick, fingers crossed, uh, could this be the best draft ever for them? Given they have two first round picks already and will most likely get more by the trade deadline? It's a good question. Um, I think, you know, even if that does wind up happening, even if the Blackhawks do end up with the first overall pick, it's going to be 5, 10, 15 years before we know if uh, this is their best draft ever, because, you know, what Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane have been able to do. uh, it, It would be hard for this to be the Blackhawks' best draft ever, I will say, but it has the potential for sure. It has the potential. If they land the first overall pick, I'm taking Connor Bedard. I'm not even thinking about Adam Fantilli and that's not meant to be disrespectful. Adam Fantilli undoubtedly would go number one in basically any other NHL draft. And he is an absolute stud, but this is a situation where we're not going to overthink it. I'm taking Connor Bedard. We've, We've known this kid is going to be the first overall pick for the last two years, and he's done nothing, literally nothing, to not be that. I'm taking Connor Bedard. I don't care how bananas Adam Fantilli goes for the University of Michigan. Uh, I'm taking Connor Bedard. But anyways, if they get Bedard, they have multiple first-round picks. I expect the Blackhawks to make at least three selections once again in this 2023 NHL draft. The first round, I should say. They better make at least three selections. I expect them to have at least three picks in the first round of the 2023 NHL draft. And with that, sure, Landon, yeah, there's there's a ton of potential here for this to be arguably the Blackhawks' best draft ever. Um, the, the thing about that question is, I think you'd have to go win at least two Stanley Cups with that group? Like, 2007, 2006, I, I think the Patrick Kane year is... That's a debate in alone of itself, whether 2006 or 2007 was the better draft. Anyways, I think it's going to be a long time before we know if it's the Blackhawks best draft. But I will say it's a very good question. And I definitely think it has the potential to be that. Uh, and who knows, there is the potential that the Blackhawks wind up with four or maybe even more first round picks. Crazier things have happened. I expect them to at least have three and uh, we'll see what happens there. But very good question, Landon. And I appreciate it. Third and final question I'm going to answer today. It's a good one, folks. Uh, comes from Alonzo Gibson on Instagram as well, who asked, how do you seriously watch every game knowing how bad this team is? What's the secret? Since I've taken over this role and even before that, like even when I was still a freshman and sophomore in college, I didn't miss Blackhawks games. I didn't care if it was, you know, I didn't care the occasion. I think I missed and... My time at Mizzou, I missed less than 10 Blackhawks games. That's an absolute fact. I've seen a lot of bad hockey, a lot of bad hockey from this team. It's pretty unfortunate because, you know, I grew up in the golden era of Chicago Blackhawks hockey, and that's really what inspired me to go this direction with my career. And, you know, ever since I've had the opportunity to take steps in that direction and uh, to go that route, the Blackhawks have not been good whatsoever. But uh, I'll say, I honestly don't know how I do it. It's a really good question, and it's not fun. It's not fun when it's Friday night, you got buddies that want to go do stuff, and you say, no, I got to work. I got to watch the Blackhawks game. Even though they've lost 16 in the last 19, even though they look horrible against the Winnipeg Jets, I got to watch the Blackhawks. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, I-, I love the sport more so than anything. Like, Even though I, I don't expect the- – maybe that's the secret. Maybe it's the expectations. Don't expect big things from the Blackhawks. I've kind of tried to be as realistic with myself as possible about what this team is doing. And I will say, I do have a belief in Kyle Davidson. Like, I genuinely do have belief in what the Blackhawks are doing for the first time in ever. And I think that kind of makes it easier that, yeah, we suck. But that's part of the plan right now. And I I think it makes it easier too when you have a GM like Kyle Davidson. Obviously, how good he is at his job is very up in the air. But He's kind of outlined this process for us and hasn't been so secretive about what this team is trying to do or what direction they're going in, what's going to come next. That's what I think I really appreciate about this whole thing is Kyle Davidson told us what this year was going to look like. It wasn't going to be very good, probably. I mean, he didn't flat out say that, but that's what he implied by, you know, starting this full-blown rebuild. These are the things that have to happen. In order to kickstart that entire process. So I think Davidson being very open and honest about how this whole thing is going to go and how it's all going to look, that makes it easier for me to at least swallow these losses and hope that he's on the right track and that better days are going to come for this team. It might not be anytime soon, but they're going to come. And I have a belief based on what he's done so far. Like I really don't have an argument on any of his moves except for the return for Alex to Brinkett. And I do understand that a little bit because of his unwillingness to sign an extension. Really does suck that the Blackhawks didn't give more, but I at least semi-understand it. Although personally, I probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger on that type of return. But who knows? Kevin Korchin's key looks awfully good, Blackhawks fans. So we're gonna have to wait and see. But the moves that he made to get those first round picks, even just his first draft class in general, I'm really excited for a lot of these kids. So I think that's kind of what has helped me in this process, knowing that this year, it's it's kind of, you can't forfeit the games, you got to play them. It's just kind of a filler season, and the Blackhawks are thinking long-term, and based on the moves that they've made, thinking long-term so far under Davidson's guidance, um, it's been positive, and I think, I have a belief that they are heading in the right direction long-term, so That's at least, you know, kind of what's made it easier this year. Um, Last season was as bad as it's ever been, though. I mean, it was sad on and off the ice. An absolute nightmare for this team. It was not fun watching Blackhawks hockey this year. I don't think anything can get that bad, knock on wood again. Um, So as long as it's not that, I guess, now it's, you know, um, it can't be as bad as last season, right? So um, that's kind of just how I look at it. And don't just get so invested to each and every game when it's not that dire for this team to be winning right now. They don't really care about that. So don't get too high with the wins. Don't get too low with the lows. Again, just know that this is a filler season. That's the mindset that I've been going in with. And uh, as much as I've been bored watching this Blackhawks team, I've been watching them each and every night still knowing that hopefully there are better days to come. So Alonzo, that's the advice that I have in terms of uh, how I go about watching this Blackhawks team each and every game. All right, folks, enough of my rambling. I think that's going to wrap up Monday, December 12th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now for free, wherever you get your podcasts and Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen here to start off your week. For your second listen, go and check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts that only Lockdown can provide. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that'll do it here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.